Hello, welcome back to Making Sense of Money, a podcast dedicated to making financial topics easy to understand. I'm one of your hosts, Jake Hamilton. And I'm Andrea Pellegrini. Last episode, we talked about how to go about choosing a financial professional that's right for you and making sure to ask the right type of questions when you're looking for financial advice. We had on my friend, Kathy Sweedler from University of Illinois Extension, and it was a great episode. So be sure to check it out if you missed it and you're in the market for a new financial professional. I'm Nikki Giancola Shanks. This week, we're going to be talking about a very important but often overlooked um, financial topic, emergency savings. So we kind of want to talk about emergency savings, even though it's not necessarily the sexiest topic. Nobody wants to be like, hey, I had this financial emergency or this personal emergency, and let's talk about it in an uplifting way. But you can prepare for the potential of financial crisis. Um, And a lot of people are unsure of kind of where to start. Um, So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the statistics around emergency savings and where might be good places to start if you don't have an emergency savings um, plan right now or a fund right now. And it's important to remember that like emergency savings doesn't necessarily mean just for catastrophes. It could also be for good things, right? Like if some fun opportunity pops up. I know we've talked in the past when we talked about budgeting and I was like, I mean, my spontaneous money, right? Emergency savings can also go towards spontaneous trips or purchases or those kinds of things. You just don't want to make it a habit. Or if all of a sudden there is a pandemic, right? Having an emergency savings would help. So, like, although let's never do this again, guys. Let's never have a pandemic again. Yeah, I'm cool on this for like another hundred years. I think for real. Uh, Pre. January 2020, would you guys have thought that having an emergency savings would help you through a global pandemic? Zero percent. Like I would have, like when I thought emergency savings, it's like, oh, the furnace broke. Do you yeah, know I, I don't think, think that's what I, I don't think of it in terms of like. Yeah, I don't think I had global pandemic on my emergency savings bingo card, but mm-hmm. um, we know now to add that to the list. It's one of the one of the things an emergency savings account can help you with. Yeah, when I would uh, teach about the importance of having an emergency savings fund um, to students, I would always talk prior to the pandemic starting. I would talk about like, you know, there was a fire on campus last year and you know, 10 students lost everything that they owned. Or I would talk about the fact that like, hey, if you have to have a car to get back and forth to work or campus and you get a flat tire or like your alternator goes out, do you have enough money to cover that? Lost money from a global shutdown not would not have been on <laughs> that list of examples, but now it is because this is where we're at, right? And luckily the CARES Act money has helped some people that maybe didn't have the means to have an emergency fund or ran out of their emergency fund money to survive some of this past year, which has been really helpful. 
But let's talk about like, what does the statistics say? So the Federal Reserve's report on economic well-being of US households in 2020 showed that in July of 2020, um, when pandemic-related relief policies reached a lot of households, uh, people between ages 18 to 64 could cover a $400 surprise expense if it popped up, about 70% of those that were surveyed. However, in November 2020, that figure went down to only 64% of adults being able to cover a $400 surprise expense um, just using cash or savings or a credit card that was paid off in the next cycle. So usually when I'm talking about starting an emergency fund, I use that $400 as a first step, right? Just contribute enough to reach that $400 surprise expense, right? Threshold so that you have some seed money in case something happens. Because most small emergencies are gonna be less than $400. That makes, that makes sense. And I feel like it would be very interesting looking ahead to see how the pandemic, like this same report for next year after people have had to use their emergency savings where people are at. Yeah, and um, there's been some extensions of policies or funding, um, especially in higher ed, right? There's been some additional higher ed funding to help students navigate really small things, but it'll be interesting. And this report is done annually, typically, so we'll probably get a 2021 report. And they did a special um, survey rather than just doing one annual survey in 2020, they did one in July, June, uh, and then one in November for kind of comparing because things changed so rapidly over the past 18 months. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see kind of what happens with that, that metric next year. Cause I think that, you know, the, extended unemployment benefits and some of the stimulus pay payments probably help people bridge the gap and maybe allowed some people who like were previously living paycheck to paycheck to put a little bit more aside that, that that hadn't been able to before. So I think it'll be interesting to see like as COVID-19 hopefully recedes and becomes like less of a factor in our economy, um, how that affects people's like savings and, you know, their spending habits and everything. So well, and, and like some of the expirations on memoriams for um, paying student loans and interest on student loans expiring um, will also play a factor in kind of who will be able to have a cushion or an emergency fund during and, and kind of how easily it's going to be to build that. So some, some people might think about it from that perspective. Now, if you have the means to start slowly building an emergency fund before some of those memoriams mm -hmm. expire, um, now's a good time to start, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's not, yeah, it's not just that stuff too. It's, you know, if, if you've been working from home, you know, maybe your car has been sitting there mostly and you're not putting a lot of miles on your car. If you have to start driving back to work again, you know, that's something that might, you know, you might have more car trouble or you might have to pay for public transportation again where you hadn't been like the last year or 
you might start going out to dinner with your friends again or going out to the movies again or just all these kind of things that you probably haven't been paying for over the last year might you know come back into your life as expenses so um it'll be really interesting to see um you know how that all shakes out over the next year or so yeah one thing i've noticed i i've been um, working a hybrid schedule for like about the past month. Um, and I've even noticed being on campus, going to the office, I am more likely to go grab a snack that costs $3 more than what I would grab from my pantry at home. I mean, I've noticed that just in my coffee intake. <laughs> so, and all those little pieces add up. So if you are able to work from home still, but you know in the future you're going to have to go back, whenever you think about the money that you would spend on a snack if you go to your pantry, maybe you transfer that $3 into an emergency savings fund now. And we'll get into a little bit about different ways to build that emergency savings in a little bit. Yeah, but we should probably actually define what an emergency savings is and maybe talk a little bit about why it's important to have one. Um, so I will go ahead and do that. Uh, so what is an emergency fund? Uh, an emergency fund is essentially money that's been set aside to cover life's unexpected events. Um, and it's money that will allow you to cover an expense that might come on up unexpectedly, or as Andrea talked about, like maybe, um, you know, cover a, a good surprise. It doesn't always have to be a bad surprise. Uh, emergency funds can also help you like live um, for a couple months if you have enough set aside um, to like if you lose your job unexpectedly or just are unable to continue working and, and you need that, the, you know, couple like a month or two stopgap, uh, an emergency fund can help with that. Um, so the reason it's important is because life is full of unexpected things that, you know, don't happen to you. I think you know, everybody sees the insurance commercials and, you know, all of these crazy things that can happen to you. And if you don't have insurance, like if you don't have disability insurance, or like if maybe Andrea said, like, if you're a college student and you don't have renter's insurance yet, if it's something you haven't thought of. Um, and, you know, if there's a fire in your apartment or if you lose your job and you, you know, you lose that source of income or you have to replace a bunch of things in a short amount of time, then emergency savings can, can help make sure that you're not financially stressed when those situ situations arise. You know, like I've had, I've had hard drives crash on my laptop before and like I need the laptop and like that's, you know, a $500 expense for a new hard drive or however much it is. Yeah, these things can come up, whether it's brakes on your car and new hard drive, um, you know, losing your job, getting obviously at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people got laid off unexpectedly. And that was before the relief packages were passed. So, I mean, like it, there was probably people who were laid off and had like a couple of weeks or something where maybe their unemployment wasn't coming in yet. And you still have to be able to keep the lights on and, and buy groceries and, and do all these other things. So it's really well, important to protect yourself financially by having an emergency fund. Um, it just, the reason that we advocate for it is because it, 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 makes, it makes you more financially secure so that when unexpected things come up, you're, you're prepared for them and it's not going to throw off your budget or, or make you have to move assets around and, and do things that would, would stress you out financially. 
Well, Jake, you mentioned people that don't have insurance. Even people that do have insurance, you still have to play in a, a deductible if you use your insurance. So if you don't have an emergency fund to even cover your deductible, insurance won't matter that much. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, even, yeah, on renter's insurance policies, most deductibles are like $100 or $250. So even if your insurance plan might kick in $20,000 worth of coverage, you still have to pay that first, you know, a couple hundred um, before that coverage kicks in. So that's a great point, now, Andrea. I always tend to go for insurance policies that have a higher deductible because I am very good at keeping an emergency fund pretty padded. So that saves me money on my premiums, premiums that I pay. So that's yeah. another way to think about emergency funds. And most financial planners will talk about an emergency fund as the basic first foundational building block to wealth building anyway. So if you ever want to be a millionaire, you got to start with emergency fund. It's pretty simple. That's a good way to look at it. <laughs> That's a great point. I hadn't thought of that before. Nikki, are there, is there anything else you want to add? Like why, why maybe you personally um, like to keep an emergency fund? I mean, there's lots of reasons why, and it's definitely something necessary. You know, probably for us this past year, I mean, um, our dog randomly was like throwing up and was super sick. And so we kept having to take her to the vet um, that, you know, it was not planned. She had to go to the emergency vet one. So just having that type of emergency savings in the bank makes it in those like emergency situations where you're like, oh my God, what is happening something's wrong with the dog. We have to go. It wasn't, I wasn't also like work stressed about like, I knew that we could cover that. Yeah. It, it also makes decision-making easier in those situations because the financial factor isn't as critical. Right. Right. Yeah. And I'll add one more thing too. Like this, sometimes you like people can use like short-term credit, um, or like personal mm -hmm. lines of credit to help cover like unexpected expenses. Um, and that's perfectly okay. Like if you're prepared to do that, like there's nothing wrong with accessing credit to, to help you out. But uh, an emergency savings can maybe reduce the cost of, of borrowing. Um, whereas, whereas credit, you're going to have to pay back a loan with interest, even if you know it's on a credit card. Like I'm guilty of like just putting things on my card and worrying about like, you know, paying it off later. And, you know, credit cards can have percentage rates you know, annual percentage rates in the 20 to 30%, but, in, you know, personal loans can have pretty high percentage rate too. So, um, you know, an emergency savings can help save you from, from having to borrow. Well, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau actually has a really nice grid in one of their toolkits that shows you the difference between having an emergency fund, paying for an emergency with a credit card, and then paying with an emergency for an emergency with like a title loan and credit cards are significantly better than title loans if you look at the long-term costs. So um, if you are in a situation where you have to use a credit card, even though the interest rate is gonna be higher, it's gonna be better than going to a title loan place or um, you know, one of the paycheck places. So I'm glad you, no, I'm glad you brought that up, Andrea, because that's yeah. a, that's a great point too. There are different types of credit out there and depending on where you live, you know, we obviously are all in Illinois. 
um, Illinois recently passed uh, passed a bill last year that uh, puts a puts a rate cap on like personal lines of credit uh, and caps them at thirty six percent APR. But prior to that, like things like title loans and payday lenders were potentially charging people uh, you know percent annual percentage rates in in, in the hundreds, like you know two hundred or three hundred percent. So um, and 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 that still occurs in in different states. So I mean, if we have listeners throughout the U.S., it's important to know like what types of credit are better to access than others. And um, Andrea, as you said, like, you know, credit card is probably going to, over the long term, you're, you're going to pay less in interest than you would on like a title loan or, mm-hmm. or a payday lender. Yeah. That's the word I was looking for, payday lender, when I was like, paycheck place. Thank you. Um, so just to bring it back to emergency savings, right? Like to actually, because these are what Andrea and Jake were just talking about were things that if you don't have an emergency savings fund or don't have as much as you need, those are some other options. But the goal is to always try to have what you need. Um, there are experts that say in an ideal situation that you should have at least three months expenses expenses saved in your emergency fund is like ideal world, right? So that way you know- It that- depends on the timing. Sometimes they say six months. Sometimes they say nine months. I've heard some people say 12 months. That's impossible for a lot of people. 12 months of expenses. There's no way. (laughs) I couldn't do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty daunting when like you just think, oh, like 12 months is expense. Like what is that? 30, $40,000, you know, or $50,000. It depends on your, it depends on your, depends on your cost of living, but Exactly. I mean, that's a whole lot of money. It, it also depends on like, I, it'll be interesting to see what financial experts say next year, right? In like 2009, they were saying you need a whole year of expenses because it was right after the 2008 crash. So it'll be interesting to say what you need now. Yeah, we'll see. Really? We'll see. Sorry, Nikki. I'm just, <laughs> it's all over the place. Um, so, but, but I have seen three, like, like Andrew say, it just depends. Right. I feel like a few years ago, it was always three. And then it slowly started to become like three to six months. And now it's like some like Andrew saying six to nine, even a year. So basically what I take away from that is it's important to have an emergency savings account. Like, I mean, yes, in an ideal world, you're going to be able to save for months if something happened and you, you know, you lost a job, you were laid off, or um, maybe somebody in your family is sick and you have to take time off of work to take care of them. Like you have months built up, but how do you get to that point? I think it is the bigger issue um, for people. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some simple ways that you could could do emergency savings where it you don't have to there's all of course there's here's your paycheck every month put so much aside right automatically but let's say you're not in a financial situation where you could necessarily really do that maybe you're still you maybe you're living paycheck to paycheck or pretty much paycheck to paycheck so you, you don't feel like you could necessarily put 
10% of your paycheck away. So these are just some strategies that um, I was taught as ways that, that makes you save without thinking of it. Um, so the first one I'm going to talk about is rounding up. So, and Andrea, I think has taken advantage of this. Love um, roundup saving techniques, guys. Love it. Um, there are different apps and, um, that you could download that basically, so let's say you're at the grocery store and you spend $34 and seven cents. It will round your it will take your bill, round it up to $35 and the rest of those few, you know, pennies goes into your emergency savings account. So when you think about it that way, it doesn't feel like a lot, right? Some 93 cents, like, eh. But if you do that, every time you're making a purchase, it does add up over time and it's worth it because you know that you have something there. Yeah, I mean, just think about how many purchases like a person might make, you know, in a, in a year, you know, if you make, if you make one or if you average one or two or three purchases, you know, a day throughout the year, I mean, that's almost a thousand purchases. And if you, you know, if you're saving a few cents, you know, boom, at the end of the year, you have like $500 or something. And if you don't want to download a separate app to do it, sometimes your financial institution will have that service in your online banking. So you can kind of look and see if you can set up Roundup savings. And then this is something, and I, I find this one harder. I actually know my aunt has done this a lot, but I find it harder just because I don't deal with cash as much anymore. But um, she... Anytime she got a $5 bill back, so if she was breaking a 20 or, or whatever it was, anytime she had a $5 bill, she had um, a jar and her $5 bills went in there. And then, you know, at, at like once a month, she would deposit it into her um, savings account. So for me, that have, me, yeah, yeah, for mm -hmm. me, that doesn't work because I don't do cash, but there are people who still do cash where that would work for them. Uh, I think that, oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. No, 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 go ahead, Jake. Jake, how much would that, you I, have if you did that? Uh, well, somebody who bartends a oh, couple yeah, times a month. Um, that would actually work pretty well for me. I kind of, that's kind of how I uh, do things with my second job is, um, I take like, I put a little bit of my wallet for, for spending and then the rest just goes like into the bank account and most of that goes into savings. Um, but yeah, I think, I think just the point is, um, you know, you, you can get creative with it. There's lots of ways, different ways to save, but whatever, you know, works for you and, and the way you interact with money, whether it's roundup savings or putting $5 in a jar or automatically automating your savings from like your paycheck every time you get it you know there's lots of different ways to approach it but um i think the point is just to like start somewhere um as i, I think we kind of say that a lot here but um starting small is, is a great way to start yes and for me what works the best personally is that i never see the money so what i mean by that is that i have it taken from my paycheck directly into my bank account 
like a separate account. So like I, it's never in my checking account. <laughs> so, um, it's, it goes immediately into my savings account and that's how I know that it's there. And that way I don't think about, like, I, I don't factor it into things. Like it's just gone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll say for me, like the way I kind of approach it, uh, and this is what works for me, but like, I have like the automated savings that pulls from my paycheck, like every time I get paid. And then like I, throughout the month, I'll try to find like times where I can put more into savings. Like I make it like a little bit game, a bit of a game or like competitive with myself because like for me, like I think savings like feels good. Like I get that little hit of dopamine every time I transfer into the savings account. Um, so, so I try to like find times throughout the month where I can maybe put, you know, a little bit, a little bit more in the savings account, whether it's, you know, $20 here, $50 there, whatever it is. Um, and that kind of, that kind of works for me. And it just tends to add up a little bit. So you do both pay yourself first and then reward yourself multiple times throughout the month. Yeah. I just like to pay future Jake as, as much as I can. And that's something I, I was going to say, I think people view emergency savings like savings and especially emergency savings is like, oh, I, but I want to do this or I need to do this now. But think about it as you are giving yourself something for the future. It's not yet. Yes. Maybe right now that means you can't buy the new video game that you want to buy, but that does mean for your emergency savings when, you know, if something were to happen, like you got into a car accident, you're not going to have to not have a car because you can't afford to fix it. Right. So it's just it, that, that frame, that way of thinking about it, a lot of, a lot of stuff with money, which we talked about, um, has to, there's a psychological factor. And sometimes it's just thinking about my emergency savings is really giving me peace of mind. And I'm, I am covering a future expense. I think so. the key the the key factor you're talking about is that the de delayed gratification is hard for us as humans. It's hard for us and it's particularly hard for certain types of people that struggle with impulse control. Like people that have ADHD, um, struggle with impulse control, a good way to get around that for building your emergency savings is to automate your transfers so that you don't see it and then it doesn't feel like you're missing something like Jake does. In my situation, I like to diversify my methods of saving, not just for emergency funds, but also for like retirement since that's a long-term goal. So that's why I like the Roundup saving method and I use it to contribute to different types of savings funds because um, I don't really miss it, right? Like those five cents or that dollar does, I don't really miss it because we tend to round when we're thinking about our expenses anyway. And then with automating my, my savings, anytime, for instance, if you get a raise, if you just automatically take this, the money from that raise and put it in savings and just automate that, you don't really feel like you're denying yourself anything because you haven't changed your habits yet right, to take advantage of that raise. So that's another way to kind of help overcome the psychological obstacles of 
saving money sometimes. And I just want to point out too that I think particularly right now while we're, when we're recording this podcast, there's a lot of natural disasters happening right now. There was hurricane and flooding and there's wild wildfires. And I think when people hear about um, being prepared, right? Even when you're, I remember being in school, it was like, have a plan for if there's a fire in your house, right? Like they had you come up with a plan. It's kind of the same thing. And to the point where FEMA actually has an entire section on their website that we can link to in the show notes that talks about being financially um, emergency, they call it the emergency financial first aid toolkit. So like what you need um, to do. And there, they're even talking about like here, we're we're just talking about like the savings account. There, they really go into things like where, where are you keeping your important financial paperwork? Um, you know, so that way, what, God forbid, what if something you lost everything in a flood, where's all this backup stuff that you have? Um, so there's definitely a lot of different ways that you could think about being financially prepared for an emergency. We focus more on just how to save and why it's important, but there is this whole other aspect about financial um, emergency preparedness as well. So we will definitely link that into the show notes, but if one thing that you take away from this that we're kind of rambling on today is to start saving, even if it's like rounding up at your purchase 50 cents, having something small is always gonna be better than having nothing when that time comes. Yeah, I think that's important to to mention too, because we talked uh, a little bit earlier, Nikki, you mentioned like financial planners will say like the goal is to have like three months or three or more months of like expenses covered in emergency savings. Like if you have zero like emergency savings today, that's like really daunting to say like, okay, how do I get from like nothing in emergency savings to thousands of dollars in emergency savings? And like, we don't want to scare people, but like you know, you, you don't have to start with like that thousands of dollar goal. Like it can be something small. Like Andrea said, like, you know, you, if, if you don't have one, maybe just start with like that $400 number and see like, once you get to 400, then like, you know, you can adjust your goal to, to more, maybe go from 400 to a month of expenses. And then once you get to a month, you know, you can build off of that. So, um, really just, we just want to stress that, like, even if you don't have an emergency fund, started or or don't have very much in there currently like it's okay just you know starting small is is better than nothing well and even with that four hundred dollar expense the federal reserve has researched this for many years and i followed it for many years and the amount of people that can't cover that has varied from anywhere from 30 percent to 55 percent in the past probably eight years there's other research on um, like if someone could cover a $2,000 expense without borrowing money. And that also varies quite a bit as well. So just if you wanna start at $400 and then say, okay, I reached that, let's look, let's try to meet the $2,000 and then kind of incrementally base your emergency funding based on where you are in your financial journey, kind of what you can do. 
that's also a great way to do it. So when it comes to actually accomplishing the emergency savings, the goal can be whatever you want. Start small, use tools that work with what your behaviors already are and look at what you have available to you if you are resistant to look for something new because everything's overwhelming right now. So start small, look for tools you already have, look for tools that can help you accomplish your savings goals, not just for emergency funds, but for all types of goals that you might have that work with what your habits already are. You can do it. Thanks everyone for tuning in today. Um, we hope that this has inspired, this kind of conversation has inspired you to start thinking about emergency savings account if you don't have one or how to kind of beef up one that you already have that you're working on. Um, like I said earlier, we will also link um, in the show notes the that financial to emergency toolkit from FEMA where it goes into much more of the actual like if a disaster happens, different things that you can do and resources that are out there. There's also one from the CFPB that we can link as well. Oh yeah, we'll put all the resources in the show notes. Uh, but for our listeners who have been with us a while, uh, we have actually have some very exciting news. Uh, the podcast is now available on Spotify. Woohoo! Uh, so if any of our listeners or, or hopefully new listeners prefer that service, you can find us there now. Um, but as always, be sure to share with your friends and family and thanks for listening.